Let us pray. We thank you, gracious one, for this celebration day. When we remember your resurrection and the difference that resurrection has made in human history and in each of our lives. Open our hearts in these moments that we reflect upon these readings and may your spirit resurrect something within us that quite, quite possibly has died or that we have forgotten and given up upon. Open our hearts to your truth and apply that truth by your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before you're seated, will you look around? Can we do this next week? <laughs> Actually, I think uh, there are still some people coming in. If you would move toward the center and make some room on the aisles, that would, be, that would help our ushers in locating. We're still looking for a few seats, so if you would just kind of move in. And then you can... Oh, I wish we had this problem every Sunday. All right, you may be seated. Thank you. I can't tell you, but from this vantage point, you, you just don't know how wonderful this looks. You've come prepared, you've come ready to experience something new and fresh. I, I hope that's what you've come for, rather than just, well, it's Easter Sunday and this is where we're supposed to be. It's an exciting time in which to live. It's an exciting place to be, and we are honored that you've chosen to spend this portion of this Resurrection Sunday with us. But, but this is really just the, the frosting on the cake, as it were. This has already been a record-breaking weekend. I don't know that I've ever lived in a time where there was so much anticipation building to a weekend like there was to this weekend. People have flown in from around the world to be present for this weekend. There was a, a buzz and excitement in the air about this particular weekend. People were, were sleepless, just imagining what it would be like to experience for themselves the iPad. <laughs> Were any of you in line for the... A few, then we'll admit it, okay. Such excitement around the release of this new toy, this new gadget, this new device that's supposed to make life more worthwhile, more worth living, supposed to solve world hunger and all of those things that the problems of this earth are solved in a gadget. Whenever there is something new and innovative that comes on the scene, we hear about it, and generally it elicits one of two emotions. Excitement, or skepticism. True? When there's something new, something that is supposed to be beyond our wildest imagination, something that's supposed to set a new standard, it is hyped, it is promoted. There are those that that, that hype generates excitement and they can't wait. They're jittery, they're sleepless until they can get their hands on it themselves. 
And there are others who say, well, I've heard that before. That's what they said about Betamax. <laughs> That's what they said about wireless telephones. All of these things. Been there, done that, heard it before. You're already looking over the shoulder to see what's the new thing that's going to come next beyond that. Skepticism. It's not a new human emotion. It's been around for eons. And it's a very normal, natural kind of response to some things. When you hear something that seems too good to be true, if, you're, if you grew up in a home like mine, I learned it probably is too good to be true, right? Put yourself in the mindset of the people of Israel hearing these words from the prophet Isaiah that we heard read just a few moments ago. God says through Isaiah, I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. This is going to be so good, you'll forget what used to be. Sounds like hype a bit, doesn't it? Read on. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in Jerusalem, or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days, or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. And then, God promises through Isaiah to the people of Israel, before they call, I will answer. Before you even can get out of your mouth what you need, my answer is already going to be on the way. Sounds like some great new intuitive robot, doesn't it? Anticipating your needs and being able to address those needs before you can even express it. Utopia. Old people live forever. Infants never die. All is right with the world. Nothing is ever wrong. No sorrow, no weeping. Utopia. How do you think the people of Israel responded to that kind of message? How would you have responded to that kind of message? Would you have been... Go ahead. Yeah, right. Okay. Sure. Prove it, right? I'll believe it when I see it. There are those who, much like the iPad, would have heard this and been very excited. This is what we've been longing for and hoping for and praying for. Our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents have been longing and praying for this. And Isaiah says, God says through Isaiah, we're going to experience that. And there were those, certainly, who were skeptical. That's not possible. After all, this is the human race. And we don't operate in that way. Bad things sometimes do happen to good people. Infants do die. People do die before their time. Tragedies befall innocent people. Isaiah, what can you possibly be saying to us? How can you possibly expect that we will believe what you've said? How can something so great come that will make us forget the past? 
Well, that's not so different from what we read in the gospel for today of the response of the apostles to the news that Jesus had been raised from the dead. First, there are the women who go to the tomb. We hear about that. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, the women, taking the spices that they had prepared. They went to the tomb with an expectation. They were going to find what they expected. Jesus, whom they had witnessed being crucified, laid in this tomb. They were going to embalm him. They were going to put spices on his body. They were going to honor him. That's what they expected. But they arrived and found something not like they expected at all. In fact, they, they expected one thing, were surprised by another, but the men, the angels who stood there and gave them the message about what had really happened, the women believed. It sounds too good to be true, but our eyes see an empty tomb, our ears hear the message that Jesus is raised from the dead just as he said he would. We're going to go spread the good news. And the first place they go is to the men who knew Jesus best, the apostles. And remember what how they responded. These words that the women told them seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. The apostles had expectations. They were prepared for one thing. They were getting ready for life without Jesus. They were probably huddled together, putting their minds and their brains and their resources together. How are we going to escape suffering the same fate that Jesus has suffered. How are we going to escape? They were preparing for the worst. And when the news came from the women that Jesus had been raised from the dead, instead of opening their minds and hearing and seeing for themselves, they dismissed what the women said as an idle tale and did not believe them. They stuck with what they knew. They stuck with what they instinctively felt about their circumstances. They were not open to something new and fresh. They were not open to good news. They were prepared for the worst. They were going to experience the worst in the face of something better. Seems almost tragic, doesn't it? That there would be people who, upon hearing the best news that has ever been given to humankind, would choose instead to stay in their darkness, in their distress, in their despair, rather than to accept the reality that there is a God who has overcome even death. And that God has come to bring to our world peace. As the Apostle writes in the epistle for this morning, Luke says, You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. This Jesus, who was raised from the dead, is the ultimate expression of God's inability to give up on humankind. 
If you were here earlier for the great vigil of Easter, you heard the story of how God had been faithful to the people of Israel across the generations, through ups and downs, ins and outs, high times, low times. God had never given up on his people, even when his people had given up on him. That's the great news of Easter. That even when we give up on ourselves or feel like our lives have, have become so out of, out of control, so contrary to the ways and the will of God that, that not even God could love us, the resurrection is the proof that God never gives up on any of us. No matter where we are or what we've done or what life seems to hold, the good news is Jesus Christ is risen today and you and I have the opportunity to share in that resurrection. God is not just resurrecting Jesus from the tomb. He is resurrecting our shattered hopes and dreams and ushering into this world a new age of peace. You think, ah, it sounds just like those iPod advertisements. It really is too good to be true. When are we going to see peace? Is it going to be in our lifetime? When are we going to see prosperity? When are we going to see no more infants dying prematurely? When are we going to see people living to be a hundred and being still considered young? When is that going to happen? One of the things that the ancients understood that I think sometimes is lost on us and it is that the promises that we receive are not necessarily always going to be fulfilled in our time. But we are become participants in the fulfillment of those prophecies, in the coming of those prophecies, of the coming of those promises by acting in the present, preparing the way for those who will come after us. I think about, there's a passage in the book of Hebrews that talks about those great heroes of the faith who died not having received the full promise of God, but it's only through us that that promise is fulfilled. We all benefit today from men and women who have lived on this planet with the dream of something better, a better world a world that is free of prejudice and, and racism and poverty. Have we arrived there? Absolutely not. Are we closer today than we have been at any other time in human history? Yes. People are living longer. Why? Because there are people who are committed to helping people live longer. People are fed around the world today. Why? Because there are people like you and me who have plenty who are saying we want to be a part of eliminating poverty and hunger in our world. It may not happen completely in our lifetime, but we still have the opportunity to participate in God's promise being fulfilled, the promise that he gave to the people of Israel the promise that he gave to us through the resurrected Christ. 
the promise that he can give to each and every one of us every day of our lives as we surrender our frustrations, our despair, our trials, and our problems and trust that the same God who never gave up on the people of Israel will never give up on us. The resurrection demonstrates, if nothing else, the persistence of a loving God to reach us where we are. You may have come through this Lenten season and you've gone through the exercises of Lent. You gave up something. Why? Why? What expectation did you have? You gathered here today in this place for a reason. Why? What were your expectations to take from this place of worship today? Why did you fight for a seat in this auditorium this morning? I'm glad you did. Don't get me wrong. And I really do hope you come back next week and we have this same problem next week. But you come because somewhere inside of you, the Spirit of God is saying to you much as he said to the people of Israel through Isaiah, there is something more, something better. And I'm here to help fulfill that in your life. Take from this place the spirit of the resurrected Christ. Don't come to this place next Easter to visit that spirit. Take that spirit with you and live it every day of your life. And in fulfilling your commitment to be open and receptive to the Spirit of God, you may be amazed. You will be amazed. I guarantee you'll be amazed at what God will do through you to begin ushering in the kind of world that Jesus came preaching and proclaiming and that Isaiah proclaimed to the people of Israel. The world will be a different place when every one of us who identify ourselves by the name of Jesus Christ take his spirit into our world. May peace come and may we be instruments of that peace in Jesus' name.